Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at Houts. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Spending some time here at Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. Josh, we're going to jump right into it. The talk of the town. Your favorite quarterback, my favorite quarterback. He met with the media this week and there's a lot of good vibes going on. But before we talk about that, I got to ask you, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. Uh, like we said, we were hoping to come back on here on what Tuesday into a podcast. Obviously, life got in the way. So, in typical Finside Radio fashion, you know, we're here now. But uh, yeah, not too much going on as we anticipate the draft. I mean, I keep thinking, Jake, like uh, the draft kind of felt like Christmas morning when you know when we had all these picks. You know, you felt like a little mm-hmm. come Christmas morning. Now it feels like we're those uh, uh, the parents putting the gifts out. So um, it doesn't seem like the same type of draft season, but we do have some quotes and things to go over. How have you been lately, man? I'm good, man. It, it's really a fun time of the year, despite the fact the Dolphins don't have a first or second round uh, pick. And with that, Chris Greer actually gave us some information about what we could do during that first and second round if we, you know, or don't want to watch the draft. I think we've spoken about it a couple of times. This draft doesn't have that top tier talent that we're used to. So uh, Chris Greer, he thought it might be better. And this is an exact quote. He said he's just going to watch some Tyreek Hill highlights on draft night, uh, specific highlights posted by at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z on Twitter. <laughs> so, man, you hear something like that and there you feel the confidence brewing around Miami. I mean, obviously you're going to feel that on Twitter, but this seems like an organization, whether it's this Chris Greer quote, some of the two quotes we're about to talk about, 
everyone's feeling good. And of course it helps. You can't lose games in the off season. No. And I mean, you are the, you know, the king of telling us to temper our <laughs> expectations, you know, to calm down. But um, right now, man, everything is exactly, you know, you're in cloud nine. If you're a Dolphins fan, you know, he did mention jokingly that they were going to watch those highlights. I mean, they have to be watching mine, right? Okay. Who else could they uh, possibly watch? And um, says it's unfair to compare some of these kids in this draft class to Tyreek, because again, Tyreek Hill is as good of a player as he is, but um, this is a little bit concerning, Jake. One thing that kind of, uh, I might need to calm down a little bit on Twitter, but he mentioned how his son is on Twitter and how before the draft, everyone hated him until he went out or uh, before the free agency, everybody hated him until he went out there and, you know, they signed Armstead or Tyree kill said he sees the meme. So Jake, I, I know I'm a little bit concerned. Are you worried at all by this? Because uh, I know I put some stuff out there that I don't want Chris <laughs> Greer to see. It's so tough because Twitter is the day by day reaction. When you we're going to look back at free agency and the dolphins did so much in 10 days. But as those 10 days slipped away, as you saw other free agents come off the board, everyone had to panic about that. And Josh, this actually got me thinking because Chris Greer has been around so long and you look at some different situations across the NFL. I mean, they brought in Tyree Kill, someone who wasn't happy, happy in KC. You saw what the Raiders did with Devontae Adams. You have three more wide receivers either asking for a pay raise. Uh, Debo Samuel is asking to be traded. So I, I got to ask you, man, you look at what the Dolphins have done. Um, when Brian Flores was the coach, we saw in the drafts, it, they were drafting a lot of defensive guys. Six, seven of the top picks were always going on the defense. Do we maybe over or underestimate how nice it is just to have a general manager who basically is a translator for the coach. He takes football speak and makes it basically communicate between different GMs uh, because he's really starting to feel like a guy who figures out what his coaches wants to do and he helps them make it possible. I don't want to turn this into the big Chris Greer love fest. I know we've always teetered on each side, but I'm just starting to think that, you know, we talk about how quickly, you know, you want guys to cycle out and Chris Greer is the one guy that stayed there. Um, it's kind of like going back to Don Arponte, which you see here for a while, the, the cap specialist. It's like, yeah, you could get someone else, but how can you quantify that they're better? Does that kind of make sense at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Chris Greer is basically going out there and, you know, buying the groceries for these chefs to cook with. And you're right, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was one of the first people with the Brian Flores thing. You know, I would have kept Flores around. I said that I'm going to sit there and have egg on my face, you know, for the end of my days. But uh, I think what you see with Chris Greer is a guy almost is like a chameleon, right? I mean, he can work with Stephen Ross, tell him everything he wants to hear, work mm -hmm. with these different coaches, like you said. So uh, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. And it's just awesome to see that, you know, for all the years, like you mentioned, that we focused on defense, they're now turning their attention to offense. And I mean, they went out there, man. And, and and made a huge splash like Tyree Kill. You know, they went out there and got Armstead. I mean, they're making these necessary moves that we were hoping to see, you know, one, two years ago from these Miami Dolphins. Right. So uh, it's definitely a breath of fresh air, man. Uh, Chris Greer also alluded to the trade with the New England Patriots for Devontae Parker. Uh, you mentioned wide receivers, but Chris Greer basically said, you know, we had Cedric Wills, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. I mean, they did not see that trade happening. Most teams figured Devontae Parker was on the way out. Um, he did say that New England was the most aggressive there. And, you know, times are changing with those interdivision trades. So I uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that, Jake, but I guess that was shed some light on why Devontae Parker is now part of the New England Patriots, which that sickens me a little bit to say. It's crazy, isn't it, that you're thinking about these trades? I mean, Josh, what, what was probably one of the last trades the Dolphins and the Patriots made? Wes Welker, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so Devontae Parker's Wes Welker, that's what I'm getting at, obviously. But uh, no, sure. um, what Chris Greer said, how times are changing with uh, trading within your division, it just means that neither the Dolphins or the Patriots are afraid of one another. It's not like the Patriots are still that team. I'm going to probably jinx the hell out of us right now, but that team that just won, you know, 20 straight division titles, you're not helping like the, the greatest power in the universe get more powerful. So, and then you kind of add that to the fact that no team was offering what the Patriots were. 
I'm pretty okay with it. I can see Parker going there and having a good year, but you look at this offense, you look at those weapons you have. I mean, if you could say that you can get what with the depth chart, 40% of the snaps from Devante Parker, I bet, you know, the Preston Williams, the river Crawcraft, whoever it may be get a shot at those just because it seems to fit the system a little better. Uh, despite, I mean, no one can deny the, the talent Parker has. He is a awesome wide receiver that you'd rather have on your team. For sure. And we got to talk when we're talking about the New England Patriots. We have to mention how they're still what? 0-3 against Tua Tungvaloa. So Facts. we got to throw that out there. And speaking of which, Chris Greer, I think this was the quote that, you know, got all the fans excited. And I don't want to sit here and just go down a bunch of quotes, but this one we do have to mention. Um, they asked about adding talent and what that meant. I think, yes, we've had some pieces on offense as well, but a lot of it fits what Mike is looking for. And yeah, a lot of it does fit what Tua does well. And I think we're all very excited. I know Mike has been raving about Tua here, him and coach Daryl Bevel, their time working with him and spending time with him in the media rooms and watching him on the field here yesterday. They are very excited to work with him. He then went on and kind of said, uh, you know, throughout this head coaching process, Jake, you know, different coaching candidates came there with a plan with Tua Tungvaloa, kind of reassured, I guess, his thoughts on, you know, Tua maybe being the franchise quarterback. So I don't really know if that's what you want to hear out of your general manager. I know Dolphins Twitter was kind of joking. Do you think this fan base had anything to do with the Dolphins drafting Tua Tungvaloa? <laughs> and when you hear, you know, Chris Greer is kind of, you know, saying that these head coaches made him feel a little bit better about his quarterback situation, uh, it makes you wonder if the Dolphin fans didn't have a little bit to do with that. But Jake, tell me your thoughts on, you know, these coaches raving about Tua, even if it has only been, you know, a few days. Yeah, just to not get too deep about it, but the only one who needs to be happy about your decisions is yourself. You know, if you think you got the quarterback, that should be your decision. Um, If you hear other coaches saying you made the bad choice, I mean, I don't think that's a good thing. I look at what's happening in Jacksonville right now. You have a head coach in Doug Peterson, a general manager in Trent Baalke, who are arguing through the media about who they're going to pick at number one overall. I mean, that is such a tough situation to be in. So, you know, it's cool. You got someone who sees your vision with Tua. uh, But at the end of the day, if Chris Greer remains confident that he had the guy, you find the pieces to make it work. And they've certainly started to do that. Absolutely, Jake. And, you know, we may as well sit here and continue on with Tua. It's kind of a lower quarterback one. Um, Bunch of questions were thrown his way, but I just want to run through a little bit of it. Tua said he was working on his footwork this offseason. You know, hopefully that'll help with some of those accuracy issues we saw last season and said the offense was similar to what he ran at Alabama. He feels no pressure with the new additions on offense, and he went up north to throw in the snow with his brother in Maryland. I know a lot of, (laughs) you know, Dolphin fans wanted to hear that, but I think the thing that stood out most, Jake, and something that's definitely a breath of fresh air when you think of all the uh, drama, I guess, surrounding the Miami Dolphins is that he's talked about his relationship with uh, Mike McDaniel. He said, "Uh, I don't I don't know if you've seen the videos of him at the luau i think he speaks a lot i think that speaks a lot about the kind of person he is um he's very supportive he wants to hang out i go up there to his office and tell him i've got a couple of the guys coming over to hang out and he feels bad that he didn't get an invite so uh jake please uh, give me your thoughts on that because i mean what universe are we in when the head coach and the quarterback you know are going to you know go to hang out and maybe play man or do something like that i mean that just seemed wild to me and a complete 180 from what we heard between two of Lowe's relationship with uh brian flores so now we know why Teddy Bridgewater is going to start week one because Tua didn't hang out with Mike McDaniel. He's pissed. Uh, no, that, that's interesting. I mean, you just kind of see how the league's changing and you see that players coach, you know, coaches that are hard nosed, coaches that are, uh, you know, casual, friendly. Uh, it's just the NFL is evolving in such a weird way. It's interesting to, you know, see this. I don't know if it's going to work out. I honestly can't tell you if this is a good or a bad thing, uh, but it's just so interesting to hear things about, about this, uh, you know, situation. And then you look at what, McDaniel was dealing with with the 49ers. It seemed like, you know, Debo loved him there. But then, you know, all of a sudden now, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I don't know, maybe ruffled some feathers. So it's just kind of interesting to see what McDaniel, the 
direction he's decided to uh, go in with being that super bro uh, McLovin looking super bad uh you know, best friend that you yeah. want. And, and maybe it will work. Maybe it won't, but I, I think it's cool. It's interesting. And it, Josh, I want to know what your thoughts were on this because I cannot think of another team where, where this has been a quote that's come out. Yeah. I mean, that I guess is the biggest thing to me is just how friendly they are. I mean, it's almost as if you, I mean, we don't have the intelligence as a Mike McDaniel, but you know, it'd be like if I was the head coach and I wanted to go hang out with two and maybe go, you know, hit some golf balls or something, dude, it's just wild. And um, you know, the biggest thing from this entire presser was everyone wanted to know about Tua's relationship with Brian Flores, because if you remember Jake, when he was doing his little media tour, he even said, you know, go ask Tua, find out, you know, what our relationship was. He'll tell you about it. And Tua basically, you know, no commented it had nothing to say other than, you know, I would, if I could say, speak to Brian Flores, I would just thank him for, you know, drafting me and making me a member of the Miami Dolphins. So um, before we head on to a break, Jake, do you have any thoughts on that? Because this Tua Brian Flores thing, it's not going to go away, but I think Tua handled it as professional as anyone could, but it sounded to me like a big F you. Yeah. It's interesting because we heard the smoke about this, especially right after uh, the team decided to move on from Flores. Uh, but basically it kind of reassures the fact that if Flores was still the coach, they'd be able to work together. But we know that, you know, it wasn't, you know, they were kind of on the opposite sides of personalities. We could kind of tell about that. Yeah, I lied to you. Before the break, you mentioned Debo, man. Any thoughts on that? Because we could wait till the end of this podcast to talk about it, but there's no reason for that. So um, any thoughts on that? Because I know Dolphin fans are, you know, pipe dreaming away, thinking that the Dolphins are somehow <laughs> going to pull this trade off and pay him, what, $30 million? I mean, it, it would have been something to discuss before Tyreek Hill. But what are your thoughts on it? And Jacob, I mean, if we go back in time and Tyreek and Debo are both on the on the trade block, would you take Debo? Because I mean, I, maybe I'm naive, but I think, you know, maybe it's fancy player in me. Maybe it's just, you know, what I thought of Tyree kill, but I think I would have said Tyree kill. And, you know, I'll stick to that. I think Debo 1800 uh, total yards. Uh, he was the first wide receiver. I'd, I'd possibly ever to lead his team in rushing touchdowns. I still think I'd take Tyree kill. Uh, Debo, he just kind of, he has a little bit of an injury history. I think he broke his foot in college, if I remember correctly. And I'm not saying he's going to keep having that, but uh, Tyreek Hill's just someone who's so solidified, someone who already wanted to play in Miami. We do know that Debo is, uh, you know, loves Mike McDaniel and that goes both ways. Uh, but man, I think I'd stick with Tyreek Hill and I, that might just be like deep rooted homerism in me, uh, but it just seems like it was the right move to make at the right time. And if I was to say uh, to you, Josh, right now that the Dolphins traded a first, a second, a fourth, a fifth, and another fifth uh, for Debo Samuel and gave him that big contract. Would you be surprised? Would that be something you would want to do? You mean now? Like if it were to happen right now? Like, yeah, you... like they didn't do the Tyreek. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, didn't yeah. happen. But I, I, yeah, I'd be for that. I mean, I won't, I won't mind it, but I think you're right, Jake. When I, I guess I view it as a fantasy draft, you know, you're going into that draft. I mean, I think I would have had Tyreek Hill above Debo, you know, ignorantly before last season and probably heading into this year being the homer that I am. So I just thought that was something to bring up. I don't think the Dolphins are truly going to, you know, pull that trade off. I don't think there's any way they could do that, but the salary cap's fake, man. And we would have said the same thing about Tyreek Hill. I guess the one thing I will say is anywhere, but the New York jets, right? Jake, anywhere, but the jets. <laughs> Dude, it's like the New York Knicks, the all-stars, superstars, they don't want to go there. They try and they try and try. So that's honestly another thing that feels good. You know, I say that you can't lose in the offseason, but man, the Jets are finding ways to lose in the offseason. And let's hope it continues that way. Jake, let's jump into a break. And when we come back, we will talk about some of the Miami Dolphins needs on their roster heading into the 2022 NFL season. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! 
What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. If you're new to the Finsider, you might realize that on the podcast feed, there's shows, uh, little clips from the SB Nation show, the main show that uh, our company puts out. And Josh, they had a really interesting question, and I wanted to talk to you about it because it was basically asking, are the Dolphins, the roster they have in place right now, are they ready to go? Can we simulate the rest of the offseason and be happy with where this unit is right now? So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because the Dolphins, they still have three draft picks, but man, I don't know if you knew this, they still have $20 million in cap space, which is fourth most in the league. That is absolutely wild to me, Jake, to think that after all those moves they made, you know, signing the prolific, I mean, Teron Armstead was the number one free agent by every, you know, you know, every mm-hmm. publication. So that's crazy. Then the Tilf, Tyree Kill trade, I mean, that is absolutely bonkers. You mentioned the four picks they had, man. So uh, I think, you know, I'm sitting there laughing when you said about simulating to the offseason. I mean, I think we could, but I don't think we should. Does that make sense? I mean, I feel I like, like it. compared to what we've seen from years past, I mean, I would be okay going into there, you know, assuming everyone's healthy, you know, Dieter can play center, you know, you'll figure out the right side, different things there, here and there. I mean, did Teron Armstead, I think, I don't even know if he's been out in the field yet. So, I mean, those are different guys that I want to see heal up first, but I think we can go into this and do it, but I don't think we should. What are your thoughts? I'm kind of on the edge and I want to bring up this question because the Dolphins, they have picks 102, 125, 224, 247. That translates to a third and a fourth and two sevenths. Uh, that's not a lot of draft capital, but you you like to get a starter in the third round. You can even find a starter in the fourth round. So Josh, I got to ask you, let's just say uh, for the sake of this segment, one of these picks is a hit. One of these picks turns into translates into someone who's going to start 10 games for the Miami Dolphins next season. Uh, what position do you think you'd want that to be, whether it's a linebacker, a center, like you just mentioned, Michael Dieter, or even a running back? I think running backs really starting to pick up steam. So I, what direction would you like to go? And if you could play it safe like that? Well, let me just say first, I, I, you know, I won't be upset with any of those positions. I think that's kind of how I feel heading into this draft. You have a list of the Dolphins needs and I feel like any player they get there, you know, I would be pretty excited for, you know, if it did hit one of those positions, but I think I'll stick to linebacker. I still think that that's, you know, the biggest hole in that defense. I personally, I think have a liking to the linebacker position, you know, whether that be Ray McMill and some of those other guys that we've talked about on previous podcasts. I mean, um, that's one of the positions I like to evaluate. So I think I would go linebacker there, but um, if you think about the way the draft falls you know I, it looks like one of these centers could drop down there you mentioned running back man we talked about James Cook before you know Rakad White there's different pieces out there so uh, I'm going to go linebacker but I would be happy with any of those positions what about you for me I gotta see have we seen Michael Dieter on the field yet has he been like in the Instagram uh, stories or anything I, like that I because don't, I don't think so for me, if Michael Dieter has a beard, I think I'd be comfortable with him being center. I think that's really what it boils down to. It does I don't look like a why. cabbage patch doll or something, right? Because he has that like little baby face. 
think about because he's a what are the, he's a Wisconsin kid, right? He's supposed to be that one of the big guys, and he is that, but he just has that baby face where I'd like to see, you know, you wouldn't see that in Pittsburgh, right? You wouldn't see that face covered in snow. I want some sort of beard. I don't know why it's not logical, but if he has that, I think I'd go running back, which is really interesting to think about. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds is now with the team. Uh, God, what's his name? I, I, I Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. I don't know probably, why I couldn't even think of that. Wow. That's how you can tell you're deep into the offseason. Uh, but that also brings up the question, man. If they hit on a running back, what does that unit look like if you got a uh, you know a rookie coming in and taking up 60, 70% of the snaps? It's a great question because we know how much uh, Mike McDaniel loves Raheem Mostert. We heard about their relationship in San Francisco. You know how much it meant him to come here. But, Jake, that's the perfect position to mention because I think we looked at Chase Edmonds' contract, and that could realistically be a one-year deal. I think Mostert's on a one-year deal. We know all it takes is one of those guys going down. So I have no issue with that. I mean, to go even further, could you not say the same thing about wide receiver? I mean, we all feel very good about that right now, but it, all it takes is one person. I have no wood around to knock on, but all it takes is one of those guys to go down. And, you know, you look at the contracts, you know, next Next year, they could be looking at that position. So I, I'm thinking with the way the Dolphins have this figured out, they're just going to sit there and wait and hope that, you know, one of those top talents at one of those positions that need fall to them <laughs> as cliche as that or no shit as that seems. But, dude, that running back position, I mean, it would be hard to pass up on one of those guys if they did fall there. So uh, lots of decisions we made. I mean, they could even trade up, right, Jake? I mean, that's still not out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, maybe a quarterback high on their list falls to him. I did a mock draft where I think it was Carson Strong, like the number 56 overall um, – prospect, but I think it was pro football focus, fell right into my lap. And I thought about what if the Dolphins, you know, what if Mike McDaniel had that as his number one quarterback? I mean, stranger shits happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to go linebacker. I said a lot of words there. I I love what you said, and I'm going to go linebacker. (laughs) So the Dolphins have 19 million in cap space. Josh, I got to ask you, do you think there's, is there any universe where the Dolphins use some of that cap space to potentially, uh, you know, buy a draft pick? They bring in someone who's just kind of overpaid a little bit uh, because you, I bring up, you know, $20 million in cap space. I look at this roster. I mean, I'm happy with having Jerome Baker, Landon Roberts be the guys instead of, you know, adding just another guy in free agency. I'm cool with Michael Dieter instead of, you know, maybe a broken down 30 something year old. I'd rather let them kind of grow together. And same with that running back room. You already have two free agents in there. So I don't know how you kind of use that cap space. I think 8 million. Okay. Never mind. A lot less of that is going to go towards the draft uh, because a lot of that goes to your first and second round picks. And hey, we already spent that on Tyreek Hill. Um, so I think, man, if they don't use that money before the draft, I think it might be something that rolls over into next year. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at some of these guys, they're going to have to pay eventually. You know, Andrew Van Ginkle's probably going to a new deal. There's probably other guys that I can't even think off the top of my head that are going to want to get Christian paid. Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. Oh, yeah. He's on his. He's yeah, probably the big absolutely. One. He's going to be the next domino to fall. So, um, yeah, that's where that money's probably going to go. It's just crazy, like you said, man, that they still have $19 million after all of that. Um, I guess what I would ask you, Jake, is do you think, you know, I, we talked about in the last podcast, you know, them kind of, reaching out to these vets to see what they have against the draft. I mean, we heard Mm -hmm. Melvin Ingram, you know, has been, you know, in talks with the Dolphins, Ruben Foster still lingering around. The one that surprised me most, Jake, and I don't think we're going to talk about too much is apparently they had interest in Terrell Edmonds, the safety from Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that yesterday. And that just came, you know, I I think it kind of went under the radar to think, you know, maybe that meant something with Eric Rowe. I know he has a cap hit where they could save 4.5, million dollars if they were to move on from him I mean I love Eric Rowe but um, something seemed to be up there when you look at the Dolphins you know core at safety and that they had interest in a free agent even if he did only make what 2.5 million I think from Pittsburgh Josh if I was to tell you 15 years ago the Dolphins successfully drafted a safety in the third round and then another one in the second round and they are still searching for more safeties would you be able to believe that it's just 
so cool to kind of see this dynamic of the defense change and the success it's had over the last couple of years. Uh, but man, you do wonder, Eric Rowe, I dealt with some injuries last year. He is a little bit on the older side. You do wonder if they're trying to make a change from there. Uh, where did he end up signing with Pittsburgh? Yeah, he went back on a one-year deal gotcha, worth two point gotcha. five, and I um I did have note that Eric Rowe is a free agent next year, so maybe I mean I'm going Charlie, we're going Charlie, but I just saw <laughs> Terrell Edmonds. I don't think many people said about it. I don't think you know there were a couple of eye emojis, but I tried to let that one go under the radar because I knew we'd eventually record. So the Dolphins clearly are not done, man, and I think it's just awesome the way they've set themselves up because you know we might not have the draft capital this year, but you heard Chris Greer say how important it was to have that capital next year. Dolphins could still move up and get a player. I mean, this roster is looking pretty damn good, man. And uh, again, I don't think we should simulate to the end of the season, but I think this team could. And, you know, I, I think they could potentially make the playoffs, you know, with this oh roster boy. in place. Yeah. Playoffs. <laughs> right off the list. Playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we're getting ready right to wrap it up, right? So I have to say April playoffs. 23rd. April 23rd, the Dolphins are going to the playoffs. Lock it in. Well, well what, what have they had? What is their record? Was it 10 wins, nine wins? I mean, they're right around there, right, man? And mm-hmm. the way this offense uh, improved, I'm a homer as hell. So uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll delete that part. We're not going to delete that part. They're oh, no, you're playoffs. not going to delete they're that part. They're going to the playoffs for sure. Badge. Yeah, they're going to the playoffs for sure. <laughs> Guys, it's been a little while, but thank you for coming back, joining with us. Uh, Josh is always, always tweeting, so follow him, H-O-U-T-Z. I can be found at jmendel94. And again, we've mentioned this, but in the offseason, it's a little tougher for us to kind of get into a routine where there's not consistent news or anything like that. So the best way to know when a show's dropping is hitting that subscribe button. And if you can, you're having fun, enjoying the show, share it with someone. Uh, helps us grow or helps our community grow. And at the end of the day, that's all we want. So thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been the Jake show. We will try to get back to you quicker next time, uh, but no promises. No promises, guys. But like Jake said, thank you so much for listening. That's Jake Mendel. Follow him on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L 94 for the Jake and Josh podcast, part of Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins.